Get updated with the hottest news in insurance, finance, and the newest innovation in InsureTech and FinTech in these difficult times. Hear it from one of the most known and respected voices in the industry, Dr. Robin Kiera, and his guest of today. Hi guys, this is Insurance and Finance Live, the last show of the unforgettable year 2020. Unforgettable are also our guests of today. We have Irene van den Brink, CCO of Digital Insurance Group, and Don Ginsel, you know him, the founder, co-founder of Holland Fintech. Thank you very much for being here tonight and spending the last working days of the year here with me. Thank you, Robin. Thank you for the invite. I hope that was not Santa Claus, uh, you know, bring some early uh, Christmas presents. Um, I would love to to let um, to um, uh, get a little bit more insights. You both from from Holland, from the Netherlands, into the ecosystem. What we can learn from it. Don, you have the meta view um, of uh, the ecosystem. Um, what have you seen for changes over the last years? Yeah, of course, the the the, uh, the the COVID pandemic has brought quite a lot of change since everyone uh, went for 100% digital all of a sudden. Uh, and I think it kind of freaked everyone out at the beginning. Uh, but I think very, very glad, uh, gradually we, we became to get use of it. And I think a lot of people are actually now not even looking forward again to to move back to the office, uh, to or at least not five days, uh, not five days a week. Um, and it put a lot of stress on the industry because you saw some of the, uh, providers that actually enabled uh, financial players to go digital that went through the roof this year uh, with all the challenges of actually finding talent in such an environment uh, and, and making new uh, new acquaintances uh, through only digital platforms. So uh, that, I think, put quite a quite a challenge on it. Uh, but for the rest, I think it, it's been quite well, uh, quite well a year for, uh, for the industry, uh, for everyone who was at least all a bit established uh had already established good relationships with uh, some major customers i think they were able to grow very very fast uh this year thank you very much i'm not going to ask irena what their growth numbers were i think the market will hear this sooner than later anyway um i think that's super important to know is that you are not only a digital insurance group not only active in in holland but also uh, have clients actually outside the country nevertheless i would ask you um, yeah, we have seen this year a lot of strategies were put to the test. What worked and what not? And by the way, all the people listening right now on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on YouTube, on Twitter, please don't hesitate to ask your questions to the specialists here and like, share, and comment to show the algorithm that you love this show. Irene, get, get back to the question. Um, what worked this year and what not, especially in, in digital transformation and insurance? What what is what are your like key takeaways? Well, I think the good news what worked is that I don't know how many insurance uh, companies did manage to get their workforce working from home in a very short period of time. Even agents were uh, capable of doing that. Um, and I mean, I've been working in the direct space, digital space for years, and I was always surprised that so many things are still done that say face to face and and through paperwork etc and i'm really amazed i'm positively surprised that the biggest companies have been able to make that transformation i think it's really impressive uh of course it's not let's say you know it's not in the veins it's not in, in in every single customer journey but i think the big step forward i think was was really great it did work 
Um, what I also saw, and maybe that's a sort of what didn't work, it felt to me like the first three months, everyone was a bit paralyzed. Like, oh, what's going to happen? And everyone was sort of afraid to innovate uh, or spend money because nobody knew what was happening and yeah. how long this would take. Um, <laughs> and this, that true, you know, nobody reachable, nobody reachable in the industry. And uh, didn't we want to do this project? Oh, yes, can we maybe do later? And I was like, oh my God, we need to do some sales. Sorry, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. But that's exactly what happened. Every decision was postponed. So I think. The good news is that after summer Q3, Q4, people saw, okay, this is going to stay for a while, but it's maybe not as bad as everyone thought in, in springtime. Um, so I do see innovation initiatives coming up again. So I think that's great news. Um, and as Don said, I think the future looks bright in the sense that this has urged innovation. Uh, we've seen some good examples, but there's many more to come. So I would say those are um, a bit of the pros and the cons. And and you, you we talk now a lot about you know the year 2020. Um, and but you are also um, a digital insurance group. Maybe um, the two people that uh, listen who don't not exactly know what you guys are doing, but also Don. Um, you are super deep insights into the insurance industry. It's independently of of COVID and the beautiful situation we're in. Um, do you see there some best practices from your ecosystem others can learn? Maybe maybe Irene and, and, and Donna after that? So what I see happening, especially in the, I see a lot of innovation, at least a lot of the projects that where we are involved in happening in the life and health space. Um, so we launched this year yeah. a, a life insurer, a life broker, let's say in, um, in Chile called Clare which shows that it is super easy to buy life insurance online with just a few questions uh, and in a sort of fun way. Um, so I think that's a great example where you see it happening. Another uh, partnership we're having is with Prudential in Argentina, where we're also selling life yeah. digital together with a vitality offering. Um, and I'm personally cool. a big fan of the whole vitality offering because it's all about health and well-being and, you know, having um well something that can help you on a daily basis instead of some vague promise for the future so those are examples where i really see um our clients pushing forward and making successes um so to me those are also the big uh, game changers and possibilities for for also for next year because i think there's still a lot to go there well, I think you said two terms which lead perfectly to my next question: game changer and what we where things should lead, could lead to potential. Um, we have Don here, who is founder of uh, FinTech Holland, and I think insurance and finance, and this is a, actually the idea of the show, should come all together, could come all together. And I see now regulatory um, changes. Um, Don, what is your take on? Um, yeah. FinTech, InsurTech, insurance and finance coming together? And what do you see there in the space? Yeah, I think that's from that perspective, it's a really interesting time. I mean, we've we've had, of course, uh, uh, before the year 2000, uh, the, the concept of bank assurance was already pretty vivid, but it has been a bit quiet for a while. Uh, but especially now, I think with the neo banks popping up and diving into insurance as well, uh, on one hand, you see some interesting uh, developments, as well as that, of course, insurers are also exploring uh, uh, much more into the banking side uh, of things and see how to, to create different kinds of channels, different interactions. Uh, so 
it's really interesting to, to, to see how the, the silos are being broken down to a large extent. And I think it's not everyone is experiencing that in the same way, but it mm -hmm. becomes much more obvious that, you know, the financial industry is collaborative on a much larger scale than in the traditional product silos as we know it. And that's, of course, what you also see in the, the legislative processes that are running now from a from a Europe, for, expo for example, where uh, the DG FISMA is taking quite some bold steps towards new regulation that also has a much more broader scope than uh, than we're used to. What about bank assurance? What is the situation in, in Holland there? Don, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's, it's quite it's quite early, I think. So you see that especially the the, the young neobanks are exploring this. Uh, it has a lot to do with the fact as well that they have a relatively thin earnings model on their customers and they're all looking to diversify and create additional yeah. revenue. Uh, while, of course, the established banks do already have a much larger share of wallet of their customers, so it's less urgent for them to step into it. Uh, but I think in general, what you see is that the, the big struggle is, and it's also partly driven by, for example, open banking uh, and will probably open insurance will push uh, in a similar direction, is that you will have to uh, uh, try to explore wh where you belong in the value chain. And you see, we see that traditionally financial services players want to move forward towards their customer and try to you know, be there as an advisor and sort of be the, the omnipresent uh, provider of financial services rather than being pushed backwards as a product supplier uh, somewhere on the back end, you know, the supplier to the supermarket and someone else basically is the one who talks to the customer actually about it. And I think this, this is an interesting challenge that we're looking at that currently in the industry. Irene, what is our fate going to be as insurance industry? Are we going to be the supermarket where the client comes or are we just delivering the food and others have the customer connection? Oh, good question. Um, I think there's no not one answer. Um, I do see a lot of options in the uh, the supermarket. Uh, the, so the first one that you mentioned, especially when we talk about banking, I mean, a lot of the conversations that we are having with banks is where they're really trying to well become this marketplace where people can shop around for new products. I think there's also some great uh, new companies like Renewal where they talk about, okay, what else can we offer you at the end of this year? So make good suggestions, um, especially also if you talk about the opportunities of PSD2 uh, where you can use transactional data. Well, then you sort of automatically have to be the one offering multiple brands and multiple opportunities because it's impossible that one brand is the best for everyone, unless it's a white label brand and you can just, you know, configure what you would like. Um, so I see more opportunities uh, in the supermarket model, if you if you if you call it that way. But it's um, I think it's a hard game because a lot of insurers will still fight for being the sole exclusive yeah. uh, partner to the banks. And I mean, in Germany, I think we have uh, Deutsche Bank that already has a new ING and AXA have been big for years. Uh, and even we see New Bank now partnering with Chubb. So they do go for this, let's say, uh, we have Allianz and N26. So there is um, um, so there is a lot, let's say, contradicting what I said. But if you would ask me personally where I see the bigger opportunity, it would be more in the, in the supermarket model. I really like the idea. Uh, I'm probably going to steal the metaphor of the supermarket from Don because I think it, it shows us a lot because in the supermarket, we do not only have the product of one company. Yes, there are the products provided also by the supermarket chain, but they also provide space for a lot of other people and not only for one. 
you talked about ING and AXA, that's great, but is it really bank assurance? Is it really marketplace? Or is it just a partnership between two giants? I like them both, don't get me wrong, but it's not a supermarket when there are like two brands only in it. Uh, I, I really like this 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 idea. We have a question from from Stefan, um, it, was, it was specific to, to the Netherlands. Um, he said, oh, great uh, Dutch special show, and, and I even didn't try to speak Dutch yet. I, I will refrain from it, don't worry. A question to Don, what are the latest developments in the Netherlands uh, on more efficiently selling insurance solutions in commercial corporate segment. Uh, I think overall how to sell insurance is a super hot topic. Uh, maybe Don first and then Irene, I'm sure you have also something to say to that. So I think uh, I think this is this is quite quite a challenge. Let's say in the in the corporate segment, I actually don't have that much insight into uh, how much the the the, the change how, how far the changes go at at the current moment. Uh, I do see a lot of opportunity there, uh, but I think mo most visible there for me mostly is on the retail side, where I do really believe that I see much more OEM players play an important role in uh, distributing insurance. Uh, so actually, insurance is something that rather, since since everything becomes much more of a subscription, uh, it's much more it's much more logic to actually include insurance in a subscription uh, rather than to sell it as a separate mm. product. And I think potentially the, the the interesting move there would be to actually, for example, look at uh, uh, home ownership insurances uh, that actually, for example, go via utility companies that actually measure everything that you do at home and therefore pretty much know what kind of risk you run. So these kind of things, I think, are are it's it's also there again where you see that that the, the, the different markets are integrating, uh, and I would expect that to really move forward. So, but that's uh, that's mostly on the retail side where I have the best examples there. I would say. But maybe wow. Irina has another example. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid I'm also more into the, let's say, the retail business and the B2C business than the, the corporate segments and the commercial segments. I mean, if we talk about SME, but I think this is not the question about SME. Um, so the only, I mean, I've, I've talked to the, let's say, the Aeons and Marshes uh, and the Marsh kind of companies who, of course, do a lot of corporate uh, insurance as well. Um, so also there you they do talk about the trend of digitization and and but but there I would say it's a lot about work process automation um, yeah. less about making the whole process as digital as possible from a consumer point of view because it's always more um, yeah more customized than than a standard product for B2C. I would think that AI, um, would be an interesting topic when it comes to corporate and commercial. So I would expect some examples there because uh, there's a lot of data that can be used, et cetera, uh, that can benefit, let's say, the, the, the personalization of insurances and also the way of offering insurances to these uh, these corporates. I think what, what that says, um, what we have seen in other digital disruptions in other industries, it starts with the easy to disrupt parts, it moves up the value chain, even though certain things are not yet thinkable or even seeable in large scale commercial lines. Uh, I think uh, that shouldn't be an excuse to say, oh, this will not reach us because we have seen this in this industry of all. I mean, three years ago, we talked with the decision makers that said the internet is not a threat because we're too complicated and nobody will ever sell a life insurance uh, via internet and Irene does it. So um, I think I think we should should be aware of that. And yeah. but the one, one thought I really like what you said is 
um, to see that insurance products are embedded with other products, which again is the threat of losing the supermarket and becoming an ingredient of the supermarket, which we see, especially in the car industry over here, happening a lot. And a lot of people are thinking about it and attempting it. I think super exciting if you're ready, if you're not, not. But we have another question from the audience. Um, and the question is, I'm not sure if it's the company secret and Irene, feel free to ask, share also company secrets, your next year's plan. So we're just asking a few hundred watching, but uh, I think what uh, Leonard is asking more about what kind of innovations do you see or maybe also working on again, only if you can share it, of course. Yeah, so the uh, one of them I mentioned, which is about the ecosystem related to well-being, I think that's yeah. uh, a big topic for us, but I also see it happening a lot. I see all of the big players going there. Yeah. Um, and there is different ways of doing it. I mean, there's the big programs like the Vitalities, but they're not yeah. sort of suitable for everyone because they're quite expensive for, for investment. But there's also the Dakadoos of this world that have a risk, risk engine and that, that have risk scores that can be used. Um, that is interesting for underwriting purposes. To me, the most, let's say, interesting part of it is also the customer experience. So making it a product or an experience that is valuable for customers uh, in their daily lives. So to me, that is an important one. Uh, when it comes to further innovations, I mean, if I look at the talks that we have, they have to do a lot with um, adding new distribution channels. So, mm -hmm. and I wouldn't really call it innovation, to be honest, because it's just a matter of new ways of reaching customers, uh, which can be telco starting, uh, automotive companies starting, etc. So, there's really different. Um, platforms, let's say, where insurers are looking for um, sales. Um, and then, of course, there is the, um, the pay-as-you-drive or the um, IoT kind of uh, experiences where I think this year has proven that UBI may be interesting because if people don't drive, why would you have the full flash, a full flash uh, insurance? Oh, uh, but I still see it's a different, it's a difficult topic. So I see a lot of uh, companies who started but are not very successful in in, in using it uh, but everyone is still exploring uh, especially after this year that's yeah. for sure that's for sure Don uh, what do you see uh, as maybe because you're also super well connected behind the scenes uh, what kind of innovations uh, do you see currently uh, coming out of uh, the Netherlands and maybe you can share some secrets you have you know seen behind the scenes over the last month well, I think uh, I first want to cling on to to, to uh, Irene's story because I think that's uh, it's quite interesting. What what you see happening is that insurance companies are also forced to really rethink their reason uh, to exist, right? Because if basically yeah. the the risk taking becomes commoditized, right? So and basically one yeah. once is becomes able to take a certain risk because everyone has the data to calculate the risk and distribute uh, distribute it basically. It's more about actually becoming a services company, potentially, as an insurer. How do we actually prevent risks, for example? Or how do we help people manage risks? Because actually just the acceptance, uh, well, you basically talk about that the reinsurers uh, are maybe better at that or at least could play a more direct role in that. And so you, I think this is where it, this really interesting playing field where uh, insurers really have to rediscover uh, their added value and have to push forward in the in the value chain to 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 explore. Uh, 
Uh, and I think that's also what's, what's uh, striking me as the most interesting part of this, if you look into these developments, how uh, they're involved in, for example, all the, all the projects that you talk about, smart city, smart health, uh, everything where basically the word smart comes in, you see that the insurers dive on. Uh, they really want to be involved because there might be a clue about what role they could actually take uh, in the future ecosystem. Super, super interesting. Uh, um, there was a sub-question. Uh, I'm going to ask that too. Uh, it was for, 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 for Irene that says, um, do you think of an automatic handshake of your handheld with the automatic car, auto, auto, autonomous car to sell a spot car or a spot probably some sort of insurance? Um, what do you think about that? Um, or maybe let's take this. What is the... What, Where can we see us in, let's say, five years, 10 years? Let's not talk about 2021. Probably your COVID is going to ruin it anyway. Um, let's think about it a little bit further ahead. What kind of technology, technological endgame do you think insurers should be prepared? Because both of you are like super advanced uh, and have all these market insights. Well, Maybe one thing I've learned. Yeah, one thing I've learned, it's never going as fast as you think up front. Um, so um, uh, things, topics like autonomous cars, I mean, let's see, let's see when the majority of people have a car like that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, ideally, if I could dream, I would say, I mean, ideally, as a consumer, I would be covered for what I need at that specific moment. And when something happens, the claim is paid automatically. So For that to happen, I guess a lot of steps have to be taken. Because uh, today I need to think what I need. I need to make that decision upfront because that's part of also the risk modeling of an insurance company. Uh, and then when something happens, I need to remember where I have the specific insurance. I have to claim it. I have to prove it happened. And then I'm being paid. Um, so if we can make that happen, and I think a lot of things, I mean, if you think of AI, if you think of, well, you could even think of blockchain. I'm actually um, uh, definitely not an expert in blockchain, but if you think of the, um, the options there, then things like this should be feasible um, at the start, but it does require then also a sort of change in business model. Yeah. And that is the part that I'm not sure is going to happen. It may happen if, Don, if what Don says, they're, they're changing their role um, and become more of the preventer than, let's say, the solver. Uh, then maybe yes. Um, otherwise, it will take maybe a long time. Yeah, I think, but I, th I think you're on the right clue there. It's right. So the, the point is that technology itself is not going to solve the problem of, of becoming obsolete, right? So you yeah. can invest all your money in blockchain or artificial intelligence, but it doesn't mean your customers care about what you do. Uh, and I think this is one of the biggest challenges oh. that the industry is facing, right? Uh, uh, because, because it's like a super, 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 super important line. Only if you uh, pour billions and millions into a technology doesn't mean the customer cares. I love this. And we should print a T-shirt of that. <laughs> Let's do that, uh, Robin. That's a good idea. We have a fashion uh, brand, if you don't know. Uh, we have a fashion brand in, on our TikTok channel, which is an own insane story. And we plan to launch a fashion brand for insurance. So we, we, we might come back to that with your face. Right. I'm I'll, looking I'll No, but I think it is. I, I just I see I see that a lot of people are struggling with this, so they don't they don't know what's coming and which steps to take. And what they then try to do is let they try to take a grip on the future by by looking at the technology side. Uh, 
right? And that's where they pour money into blockchain, artificial intelligence, and the development. But very often they forget to ask, why am I doing this, right? So, yeah. and I think that's so important that you actually stay pretty close to yourself and say, like, okay, what kind of impact do we want to do? I want to have on the world, and what kind of impact should our our company have on the world? And there should there you should find your clue about what you should do in the future. Uh, and then you can look at what technology can do to support you. But if you don't have a clue in where you're going, yeah, you can you can build a race car, but you're probably still heading in the wrong direction, right? Uh, Irene, what's your take on that? Because I think that's super important to if you are now at the beginning of next year defining a strategy. Super interesting thought. What what is your take on it? No, I think you're right, uh, Don. I think that's the, the the key thing, right? You have to determine who you want to be as a company and what you want to deliver to your clients. I think related to that is, okay, what does your customer want? Um, because that's, I mean, if you think from a technology, I mean, I work for a tech company. If you would ask some of my tech colleagues about what they think is the best thing, they will probably think of the greatest technological whatever invention since years. But then it doesn't mean that it adds value to our clients. Uh, so it's a different perspective, right? If I really want to be, because it can definitely be, I'm, if you look at some of the products or the projects that we do, they're not, let's say, the most disruptive, innovative, blah, 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 because a lot of insurance companies, they go step by step to getting there. Um, so if you want to be there all of a sudden and the technology allows you, it doesn't mean that your market is there. Yeah. So that is um, that is sometimes hard, I think. And that's that's easy for me to say, let's say, from a technology point of view. But I think the same goes for insurers. Um, they like their products or they think that it's something that people need. And I think a lot has improved there. So I think a lot of customer research is happening and a lot of A-B testing and whatever. A lot of POCs are happening. Um, but I think combined with what you just said, Don, I think those are the two key ingredients, know who you are as a company and know what your customers want to have. I think that's super interesting because a lot of insurers are spending money on tech, also on research, but the ask, the question is being not very often being asked, who are we? Why are we that? Who do we want to serve? Uh, maybe it's more the brokers and agents and not the end client. A super interesting topic, and I urge everybody out there, if you have enough time uh, during Christmas uh, season um, or end of the year, spend some time on, on these topics. Uh, we will do this to our own company too, even though you know I'm more into the operational uh, uh, things we have there. Um, let's talk about the community. Uh, you both are, um, well, I would say worldwide known in your um, uh, profiles, or we, we have seen us, I think, I think uh, on, on three different continents at least. Um, now we cannot travel, we cannot uh, meet and greet and have a coffee around the world as usually. What do you think? Uh, when, when, what do you think will the effect of this whole pandemic be on the insurance and finance, insurtech and fintech community? Uh, Dom, um, what do you say about that? Yeah, so I, th I think the initial uh, developments what we saw is that that uh, uh, everyone sort of went for their uh, traditional relationship. So I think everyone went for a smaller circle, also professionally, and work with uh, basically the established uh, providers or customers that you already had, and that's where we were able to keep business going uh, really sort of back to the to the basics um, and I think very slowly we're beginning to realize that this might take a bit longer than we expected uh, and so we actually will have to adapt to to act like things are normal 
even though we can't meet each other. And so very slowly, I think we're, we're developing habits that actually allow us to, to sustain uh, the way we work uh, in a remote world. Uh, and so very, very gradually, there is some room for new introductions, meeting new people, starting new business ideas uh, from this platform, you know, the remote world as we know it. Uh, and I think that's, that's um, I will constantly see that that basically is, is challenged by, you know, potential uh, vaccine coming up, which might seem very hopeful, but at the same time stops people from investing in this scenario, right? So what you then see is that people just assume, okay, then we'll wait until this is all over. And then we won't make an investment to, you know, work as it is. And I think that's that's one of the challenges that we're facing at the moment, that people just have to, you know, assume that we might even be until the end of 2021 in a, a more online remote scenario uh, because the vaccines are just, uh, you know, they're coming, but it's slow. Uh, so we have to adopt to this world still for a bit longer. Uh, but we still have to keep business going and start new ideas, start new projects, meet new people, but in a different world. Uh, and I really hope that everyone can embrace that. And I think if, from that perspective, it will further accelerate digitization uh, in yeah. insurance and the rest of the financial industry altogether, uh, as well as that I think that regulations will be adopted for it, right? Because I think that was also one of the struggles still. We were still built on regulations that sometimes asked for people to put a wet signature somewhere, which is... How then, right? <laughs> Impossible now. It's a funny so, story. I can tell you a funny story before we go to Irene. Uh, in Germany, you need to check into hotels, even in COVID-19 pandemic times. So you can fill everything online in, where you're from, what are your date of birth, and then they give you a pen to sign it. And I'm like, guys, really? Are you insane? It's unbelievable. Or we, we do also a lot of finance stuff. Well, if you open, I don't know, open accounts or you need to manual fill in into printed out forms, name, your name and date of birth and things. I'm like, guys, you cannot even. Okay, I don't want to get into it, into digital transformation and the reality. It's sometimes just a pain. Irene, future of community, you're part of it. When am I going to miss a meeting with you in Las Vegas again? Oh, I hope next year, but I think the year after. Um, I, I mean, I think as John says, it will take a little longer and um, I must say I do miss the whole traveling because I think, I mean, whatever you do, it does not change. It does not sort of exchange for the, the real life contact. Um, yep. I do, and, and I do miss it. I think it's really valuable to meet with people because there's more interaction. You come to more ideas, etc. What I do not miss is sort of traveling for one or two meetings. Because uh, I've also had days, and I think we've all had them, where you were traveling and spending like four or five hours just to, to talk to one or two persons. And that I think we can definitely continue to do online because yeah. it saves a lot of, 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 of effort. It saves a lot of costs. It saves a lot of uh, environmental impact. saves a lot of time. Um, so I think... Um, I think like uh, what we said before about, you know, going back to work, yes or no, is it sort of 50-50 or what kind of, yeah, what are companies going to do there? I don't know. Uh, probably a hybrid model. I think for the community, it will be the same. I think we will have specific meetings where we feel that it adds value to meet people. And maybe it will be smaller and maybe it won't be the Las Vegas with, I don't know how many people, 20,000 people there. Um, but I think we will still find those moments. I hope. 
Me too, me too. Uh, I hope we would have had more time here. That's another hope I have. We are at the end of the show. One big announcement to make. Mark, you open your calendars. Mark, January 11th. We have a special show with the social media legend, Gary Vaynerchuk himself. He's going to talk insurance. I'm super excited because I'm a fanboy of him. Big, big. Uh, big person um so we start we end the year strong and we start the year 2021 also strong irene don thank you very much for being here thank you very, very, very much and uh yeah i hope to see and hug you as soon as the pandemic allows and for the rest of you guys it was a great year pleasure stay safe stay healthy and stay tuned <laughs>